0: I wonder if anyone has ever said to you that you have changed. And uh, we've I've just got a picture that's gonna come up in a second. I wonder if you can tell who uh, these two guys are, well, there's three of us there. Um, this was uh, me when I was, I don't know how old I was, about eight or nine, something like that. And uh, my friend, Gary, who's uh, the slightly taller one of the children, uh, we had a sort of a comedy double act based on a sort of old time music hall. You know, let's all go down the strand, grab a banana. I say, I say, I say, have you heard the one about the big tap, you know, those sorts of uh, jokes. Uh, So I wonder if you could tell who else is in that picture. Uh, Obviously, uh, as I said, there's Gary on the the far right there. Then surprise, surprise, that's me in the middle with uh, the shock of uh, curly hair and the very early tash that was (laughs) growing in. And then on the left, we've got Andy Smith, who's the, as I said, the other elder in the church. And we can change, don't we? We change as human beings. And I don't know if you uh, used to have a nickname at all. I, I played football for a long time. And I recently, well, last few years, I played a game with someone who I used to play with probably 10 years prior. And he saw me. Uh, from sort of a little bit of a distance, and he said, "Oh," and he called me a name—not uh, a horrible name, but well, <laughs> it's not the nicest name. But he called me a nickname that I used to have ten years ago, and he had to say it several times before it clicked. Oh, that's that was that was me talking to me. That's what people used to call me. People used to re- refer to me that way, and we can change, and people's perceptions of us can change, and. As I said earlier, we're looking at this, this series, One True God. And we're doing this because we want to see these different aspects, different facets of who God is and God's character and his nature. And we want those to stir us up to worship him more, to know him more, to desire a deeper relationship with him. And uh, I was reminded a few times recently of this image that was shared about uh, you know the idea that God is like a diamond. And when you look at different sides, you see different aspects of his character. You see different, you know, one that's been refined and polished, it's sort of this perfect, imagine a diamond shape. As you see, you look at it, you see these different angles and they, it casts a different light. And if you are unaware, diamonds are assessed in, based on four criteria that you use to assess a diamond. You assess it by cut, so how it's been cut, uh, the clarity of it, how clear it is, how pure it is. The color of it so uh, that's to do with sort of has it got a tint to it or those sorts of things and the carrot the size of it but what I wanted to sort of emphasize is that the cut of the diamond is not the diamond the the clarity or the color or the the carrot even of the diamond is not the diamond and so All throughout this series, we're going to be talking about different aspects of God's character, different aspects of his nature. This is who God is or this is who God isn't. We can say that probably more uh, confidently. We can say God is not like this more than we can necessarily say he is like this in some ways. But those things are not God. They are aspects of God's character or nature. And so when we look at those things, it's important that we, we remind ourselves that we're not when you look at a diamond, you're not looking for, you know, you don't go, oh, I love the clarity. You love the diamond. The diamond is what is uh, breathtaking and amazing. And so when, you, when we look at God, when we increase our knowledge and understanding, it's not just, oh, great, my knowledge has increased, my understanding has increased, but actually we want to know God more. We want a deeper relationship. We want to enjoy God more. We've said a few times, we'll probably say it again. It's one of my sort of favorite phrases. What is the chief end of man to glorify God and enjoy him forever? And so I hope that throughout this series, you're, you're learning to enjoy God more. So this morning, we're looking at the fact that God is eternal and immutable. And they're, they're sort of eternal and immutable. They're slightly uh, complicated words. Eternal, maybe we're a bit more... Uh, comfortable with. Immutable, maybe you don't really, uh, may not have even ever heard that word before. But what we're really saying is that only God is unbound by time and he's unchanging. Immutable means he doesn't change. So if you need something to help you remember that, you can think of the word mutation. So humans are mutable. We are subject to change. A Mutation is when something changes, it mutates. God is immutable. He does not change. He's not subject to change. So we're going to look at these two things, that God is eternal and immutable. And we're going to sort of package that by saying only God is unbound by time and unchanging. Only God doesn't change. Only God is not subject to time. So God is unbound by time. He is eternal. We looked last week at the fact that God is self-existent and self-sufficient, that he didn't need a creator, he doesn't have a creator because God has always been. He has always been and he always sustains himself. He's, and he's unbound by time. He didn't have a beginning, he won't have an end. He is unbound by time. He always has and always will exist. A few months ago we were looking through the book of Exodus and we spent a long time uh, going through that and that was that's from thousands of years ago. But the God who spoke to Moses, the God who spoke to, even before that, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, is the one who speaks to us now. He is eternal. He is unbound by time. There aren't two different gods. Some people often like to say, I like the the God of the New Testament. I don't like the God of the Old Testament. There aren't two different gods. There's one true God and he is eternal. It's the same God. When God speaks to Moses in that Exodus series, if you can cast your mind all the way back to Exodus 3, he says this. There's one true God. And he says this to Moses. He says, if I come, Moses says to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. When God discloses who he is, when he talks to Moses and says, this is, this is who you should say is sending you. He says, say, I am has sent you. I, it says there, I am who I am. That could be I will be because I will be. And you can go back and look at that in Exodus when we looked at that a bit more in depth. But effectively, what God is saying is I exist. The God who exists and always exists because he chooses to exist is sending you. I am. I have no beginning. I have no end. I simply am. And then if we look back to the if we look further on to the end of the the Bible, the last book of the Bible, Revelation, it says this. uh, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty says. God is eternal. He is, he is, he was, and he will come again. Jesus will come again. We are not eternal. We have a birthday, and we have a death day, or a day we will die. It's not called a death day, you don't have a party for it, but we have a birthday and we have a day on which we will die or uh, our lives are measurable. And in many ways, actually, we as Christians, we, we know that actually death is not the end. There is a, there's an eternal life ahead of us, but still we have a day when our life began. God is not like that. We've mentioned this word before about transcendent, that God's experience is, we can't experience life in the same way, or existence in the same way, because God never had a beginning, but we did, we do, we do have a beginning. But we can have hope, as was prayed for so excellently by, by Brian and Marion in this life and the next. The Psalmist says, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I'll see the goodness of God in this lifetime. And we know that through Jesus Christ, we can have hope for the life that is to come, the eternal life that we can begin now and will enter fully into when we die. Ecclesiastes 3 uh, verse 11 says this, God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. No one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. It, this is talking about the fact that well, there's a few things going on here. He's made everything beautiful in his time. I think that's one of the things that Brian and Marion were, were talking into about they're having hope for God to act in situations. We can be confident that he will make things beautiful in their time, that he will bring things for his good, for our good and his glory in time. But He's also set eternity in the human heart that human beings have a desire for eternity, have a, a yearning for eternity. strained to their sort of 70 to 100 years, however long they may live, between that sort of time frame. Very famously, people like Madonna, who is slipped out of reference, really, but she is someone who's famous for saying, I want to live forever through my music, through my legacy. People want to create a legacy that they leave behind that enables them to live on. And some people want to literally live on forever. They, you know, there's things like cryogenics. People desire to say, you know, I'm gonna freeze my body if I've got a disease that can't be cured yet. I'm gonna be frozen. And in the future, I'll be thawed and cured and able to live on. Eternity has been set in the human heart, the desire to live on. Some people do that through their achievements. Some people do that through their their family. They want to have children so that they can pass on the family name so that it goes down and down and down in the generations. We don't live forever. We are bound by time. We. We have a finite set of years to live on this earth. We are bound by time, but God is eternal. He's not bound by time and he is unchanging. Only God is unchanging. A.W. Pink says this, he cannot change for the better, for he is already perfect. And being perfect, he cannot change for the worse. That's encouraging to hear, isn't it? That he cannot change for the better. God is already perfect. And because he's perfect, he can't get worse. It just, it's not within the realm and scope of perfection to drift into imperfection. God's life is unchanging. He is eternal. His existence is, he's always existed and he will always existed. He will not change in that regard. As we spoke about last week, he's self-sufficient. His sufficiency in and of himself does not change. He is always completely and entirely content and sufficient for himself. He doesn't get stronger or weaker. He doesn't get wiser as time goes by. Because he's not subject to time, because he is eternal, he simply is. His existence remains unchanged. His purposes Do not change. We, I don't know if you experience this, but when you, if you've ever had to try and had a discussion with someone who is always changing their argument or changing the point that they're talking about, it's infuriating. It's impossible to to reach any kind of conclusion because as soon as you resolve point A, point A is no longer relevant and you're talking about point C and we've completely bypassed point B, but we'll come back to that later and then we'll drift away again or when someone's purposes are changing, they're pursuing a particular aspect of life. I wanna be successful in this area, I wanna invest some effort and time into this area, and then, oh no, that doesn't matter anymore, we're gonna talk about this, we're going to, I'm gonna pursue this, I'm interested in this now. When you're parenting, uh, and I'm very much early into the journey, my oldest daughter just turned seven, so I'm, you know, I've got a few years under my belt, but much less than many of you. But lots of people and the counsel and advice that Megan and I have received is that boundaries are important. Actually consistent boundaries are important. That rules that flip flop and change and aren't adhered to, if you do this, this is gonna happen. It doesn't happen. It's, it's un, so unhelpful for the parents and for the children. That actually children thrive in an environment where parents enforce the boundaries in the way that they've been told that they will be enforced. And actually, that's true for everyone. It's not just true for children. That's true for us as well. We can at times feel constricted and resist structure as oppressive, but actually, Stability provides space to explore and being creative in ways that are healthy and sustainable. If things are changing all the time, there's nowhere to set our feet and be stable in order to launch forward from. There's a good quote from a TV show called Parks and Recreation, a character in that called Ron Swanson, and he says this, don't confuse drama for happiness. His advice to someone is not to confuse drama for happiness. And I think whilst that's not completely applicable to us, perhaps that actually sometimes we we see lots of activity and lots of things going on and, and we think, oh, I'm really getting the most out of life because there's lots going on and, and I'm going from this to that to this to that. But actually... It's a lot of drama, and it's not producing much happiness. Whereas if we were to take a step back and produce some stable, unchanging rhythms or some more regular rhythms for our life, they would produce in us a much greater happiness. The Bible in Timothy encourages us to live a peaceful, quiet life. And this is important for our relationship with God. Is your relationship with God drama-based or is it routine-based? I think a relationship with God is often much less sensational than what we want it to be, but much more exciting than we expect it to be. Now, I use that in the terms of uh, sensational, it's not splash headlines, headlines, headlines all the time. There are moments like that, but actually To have a consistent rhythm of relationship with God will produce more of those sensational headlines rather than just, everything's gone wrong, I need you now, God. Actually, hey, God, I'm here again, I'm here again. Everything's going wrong, but I'm here again. Isn't it? Everything suddenly is changing, the corner's turned. God is unbound by time and unchanging. We are bound by time and subject to change. As I've said already, we have a limited span of years on this earth in this lifetime. We change emotionally and mentally as we mature. As you, from when you were a child, from me in that picture to now, I've uh, matured a fraction uh, and hopefully, you know, increased in intelligence, in emotional intelligence. But perhaps most strikingly, we change physically. That's where we most probably see it dramatically because it's external for the large part. I'm 36, I turned 36 recently, and I already notice a change that has taken place in terms of how my body reacts to exercise and eating poorly. I used to be able to eat whatever I wanted and it wouldn't affect me I would be able to, you know, run around and do all sorts of stuff. Whereas now I know if I eat poorly, it affects my body much more dramatically and much more quickly. If I exercise, I used to be able to do a full, you know, workout and all of that sort of stuff and I'd be you know, next day I'd be up and raring to go, whereas now I need, you know, I need my recovery day. I need to warm up and cool down. Now, part of that is ageing and part of that is getting unfit to a point. But I have changed. My body has changed. My perception of life, the way that I think about things and view things has changed. Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says this. We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed Day by day. I'm going to read that again. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. God is at work in your life, Christian. My brother and sisters, my brothers and sisters, God is at work in your life. The things that are seen are temporary. The things that are unseen are eternal. God is not bound by time and he does not change. We are bound by time. We have a limited amount of time to serve him in this life. I want to encourage you to engage with God, whatever you're going through. If your outer self is wasting away, ask yourself the question, but is my inner man, is my inner self being renewed day by day? Because it is. If you're walking in obedience with God, it is. So don't lose heart. Don't lose heart for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I shared a short clip uh, off the back of the update on Friday where John Piper just expresses uh, some of the heart behind this verse. It's achieving what you're going through. It's not meaningless is his key point what we're experiencing as we follow Jesus, as we're walking in obedience to what God wants us to do, the difficulties we go through will not be meaningless. How you've navigated the current sort of global crisis, difficulties, the pandemic that's gone on, coronavirus, COVID-19, how you have navigated that, if you've been following in obedience with God, every difficult moment is not meaningless. But it will be achieving for you an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. Just chatting to Jerry and Sue beforehand, and the you know, we we're talking about the difficulty of not being able to to spend time with their brand new grandson when the lockdown was happening. You know, he's been able to stand at the end of the, the garden path and wave. If we're walking these difficult situations with a view to what God is doing, if we're walking in obedience to God, that's not, it's not going to be meaningless. It's not going to be worthless. And actually, the, the, the glory that will be worked out in us will be far beyond comparison to the joy that we could have had. If you're dealing with bad health at the moment, if, you, if you're unwell, if you're sick, if your body is failing you, if it's wasting away, but you're walking in obedience with God, the the physical difficulties, the pain, the fatigue, the agony will be working for you. If you're engaged with God, a weight of glory, an eternal weight of glory, glory that will not fade or dim or diminish or tarnish in any way. God is at work in your life. If you're going through a, a relational difficulty Actually, there's been a breakdown in relationship and you're trying to work hard to restore it. and you're walking in obedience to God and saying, this is God, I'm following what you want me to do. I've sought counsel. I've I've sought your your will through your word and through the guidance of the spirit. And I'm following what you want to do. God will use that to work an eternal weight of glory for you that's waiting for you. Jesus spoke about storing up treasure in heaven. Don't love money, don't love the things of this world because they're temporary. What's the best thing that you could possibly buy? If you, if you were given a blank check now, what's the one thing that you would buy? Whatever object it is, is temporary. I'd pay off my mortgage, I'd buy the new iPhone, I'd buy the new whatever it is, a new car. Cars will all rust and decay. Phones will all overheat and be destroyed and surpassed by something better. Houses will crumble and fall to the ground. Maybe not in the next 10 years, maybe not in the next 50 years. In a thousand years, those things will be gone because they're transient and temporary. We wanna invest in eternal glory to come. God is at work in your life. Paul, again, writing to the church in Philippi, says this, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you that change is a regular happening in the life of a maturing Christian. God is constantly refining and shaping our character. And I think this is something that's when you're young, this is easier to happen because you're changing a lot anyway. Lots of change is happening. As you're growing up, as you're, you know, even as a, as a teenager, you're sort of, you're physically changing, you're growing, you're developing, and so change is happening a lot. And so it's easy, I think, for God to, in that, to go, well, no, you sort of drift in that way, but we'll slice that bit off and come back this way. I think as you get older, it becomes more difficult, or it can become more difficult. And so, I particularly want to lay a challenge to, to people who are perhaps my age and older. So, if you're in the sort of 35 and above category, and particularly as you get towards sort of the end of your, your years, you're sort of you're towards that sort of upper end, and you know, actually, I, I'm more closer to the end of my life than I am to the beginning. I make a stupid joke on, on my birthday where people ask me my age. And I say, oh, I'm halfway through whatever birthday it is, um, which is probably not a good joke to make. But wherever you're at in your life, particularly if you're in those older years, I want to lay this challenge down to you. Is God still changing your life? Are you still being refined by him? Or are you now set? Okay, this is this is who I am. This is, you know, I've got this character aspect and that's just set now. It can't change. God can change you. God wants to continue to refine and shape you. How is God able to do this? Are you reading your Bible and praying? Are you consistent in that habit? Are you in an accountable relationship with another brother or sister who can speak into your life? I think this is something that through the change that's happened in in the church where we're not able to meet in that big group currently at the moment in the same way. Actually, there's there's a real chance to focus on getting those smaller relationships right. Those small, accountable, okay, the three of us can meet and we can challenge one another on, are you really applying what the word says? Or are you just reading it and letting it wash over you? Or are you letting it get in and read you and change you. If you're never having a conversation with someone about where you can grow or develop in your faith, then there's a few possibilities. Either you're perfect and God has finished working on you, in which case we'll see you in eternity because you must not have long left. You're not listening when God speaks to you. Or you don't have that relationship, you don't have that openness with people in your life so they can speak into your character. Now maybe that's because of some aspect of your character. Maybe that's because you've never invited that in. I'd encourage you and challenge you, invite that in. They're not fun conversations often. To say to someone, you know, if if, what's the sort of the key thing that you would change in my character you think that is not lined up with the will of God? That's that's a a tender place to be it's a difficult place to be but we need to change because we need to be conformed more and more to the likeness of Christ life requires us to learn how to lean into God and into the gospel not necessarily in new but deeper ways maybe you know I've, I've been through this before and I've tried to work through it but actually you've got to lean in deeper to what God is doing we need to be able to see how the gospel applies to our lives from different angles and these things are particularly difficult if you've lost the fitness that you once had sometimes i reflect on what 18 or 19 year old aaron would say to me or 21 year old aaron would say to, to me now sometimes i think he'd give me <laughs> give me a slap and say what are you doing this is you know what you what you want now is what you've got so go, run. And other times I think we, we're too slow. We've lost our fitness. We can lose that ability to change. And uh, when we get out of the habit, it's like being able to run. I did, I'll, I'll say this to my shame, uh, when I back when I was training and I had the nickname that I won't uh, reveal, uh, I, we used to have to do a thing called the bleep test where you would run 20 metres backwards and forwards in time. And what would happen is our, one of our coaches would run as well and he would say, you have to beat me. That's the minimum standard. And he would normally drop out at about you know, level nine um, and then a few of us would we'd like, carry on. I'd normally do one extra level and then drop out because why would I run <laughs> for, for no point? But we'd get some guys would go on and run much higher. Um, but we would, we would laugh and make fun, as teenage boys do, uh, of those who didn't beat the coach because they would have to do extra running in training time because they needed to get fitter. I will tell you now, uh, during the lockdown, I attempted a beep test and I did not beat the standard that would have been set by my coach. And uh, part of that was psychological because I got to a point where I was tired and I realised I don't want to be completely exhausted for the next few days. And part of that was I realised I'm just, I'm unfit. I'm not fit compared to what I used to be. I, I've i lost a great level of fitness. Now, some of that's due to age and some of that's due to laziness. Now, it's hard to get back to that, that point. It's hard to get back to the point of fitness. And you need someone to, you need brothers and sisters to walk alongside you and encourage you to do that. Because it's true spiritually. Maybe you used to be, on fire for God, passionate about seeing your life changed and God move through you and God at work in your life and in the life of people around you through you, but you've got unfit. God is at work in you. You can get that spiritual fitness back, but you have to be willing to put in the graft. You have to be willing to say, okay, I'm gonna get back into that rhythm of training. I'm gonna get back into that rhythm of training myself and I'm gonna lean on God, I'm gonna rely on God. So there are practical steps that you can take, but it's not just about trying hard, it's about engaging with God more. And this series is a chance for you to reset and say, I'm gonna get fit again. Maybe physically, that might help you, but actually spiritually, I'm gonna get fit again. I'm gonna, you know, if you're trying to get fit for me, I'm not thinking, right, I'm going to go and run a marathon tomorrow and then I'll be able to do better on the beep test. Actually, you have to build it up, increments, incrementally, slowly build it up, build it up, build it up. So I want to encourage you to live well. One day we will die. So die well and invest in eternity. Live well, die well, invest in eternity. As Christians, we should look to death and see hope. It's got a bit of taste, but the sting of death has been taken away because of what Jesus has done, because Jesus has broken through and there's eternal life available for us. We will all live in eternity and we will be changed. We will be changed and in that day uh, when Jesus comes again, we will be transformed because Jesus is the one who was, who is and is to come. One day in Revelation, there's a verse where it says, I am the God who was and who is. He's not is to come because he's already come and human race is in perfect relationship. Those who are saved have been brought into the presence finally and fully. So we have that hope. Hebrews 6 says this, having become high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus has gone before us. He has died and been raised to life as a forerunner for what we have a hope for. We have a hope that we will die and be raised to life to live in the presence of God. That's the Christian faith. So I want to challenge you, leave you with two challenges and you can receive prayer at the end of this. Uh, service by typing into the chat window you can either chat uh, type if you type prayer in there then you'll be put into a a breakout room at the end of the service when uh, there are people who will pray with you and pray for you but I want to leave you with these challenges I want you to to set your mind on eternity it says we read earlier that God has set eternity into the human heart there's a yearning for it, a yearning for something beyond this life and so I want to challenge you to set your mind on that and to live for eternity. Live in the, that mindset. Don't live for the transient things of today. Don't live for the temporary pleasures of today. Live for an eternal weight of glory. Set your mind on those things. And change for the better. Change is going to happen to you. You will change. You will not remain as you are right now. Your taste buds change. They're completely replaced every uh, sort of couple of weeks. Even at uh, sort of that level, you will change. You will not remain the same. So I wanna challenge you to remain shapeable by God. Don't become hard and hard-hearted. Remain malleable, remain soft in the hands of the potter, that he might shape you into a vessel for noble use. I'm gonna pray for us, and then uh, that's your chance to type into the chat window, prayer, uh, and you'll be put into a breakout room. Otherwise, you can remain in the main uh, meeting and there'll be a chance to just catch up with people and interact, but I'm gonna pray for us all. Father God, I thank you that you do not change and that you are unbound by time, that that fills us with such confidence that you're not gonna change your mind on our salvation you're not going to flip-flop on uh, what is required of us but actually there we have a sure and steadfast hope in jesus christ i pray that we would receive that it would go down deep into us in this week as we look at more into that in our explore groups that we would have that anchor for the soul that would just be nestled and rock solid unable to be moved i thank you that you are eternal. You are not shocked by what is happening. You are not taken by surprise, but you have seen it all and know it all. You are eternal. You're beyond our comprehension in that sense, Lord. And I pray that we would live with an eternal perspective, that we wouldn't live for the pleasures of today, but we would live with eternity in our minds and in our hearts, that we would live for that better tomorrow where we are in your presence for eternity. And I pray, Lord, we would continue to, as we do that, as we look to the future, as we look to that, that future time where we're unhindered in your presence, that we would be able to, to be soft in your hands, that you would be able to shape us and refine us and bring change to our lives. Even if we are, even if we've grown sort of hard and difficult, but actually we would begin to, to work and, and get soft again in your hands. We would begin just with small steps, small increments to become soft in your hands, that we might be shaped and changed by you and conformed more and more to the image of your Son so that we can bring hope to those around us. As was prayed earlier about a, a, a trail of hope being blazed across this nation, across the world, that that would begin with us, Lord. That as we're shaped by you, we would begin to, to spread that hope to those around us. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.